I've got a fun Brenda fact for you. I'm actually not a fan of the word manifest. Uh, you're probably thinking, what? <laughs> That's something you talk about all the time. Wait, no, you know what? It's not that it's not that I'm not a fan of the word manifest. It's that I'm not a fan of what the concept of manifestation has become. And that has made the word manifest this airy, fairy, fluffy kind of word. Um, especially since things like the secret have come out and especially in, you know, like the spiritual communities, it's kind of presented sometimes as this like magical process where you just have to think about something and maybe light a few candles and poof, your dreams just come true. It's like this cosmic vending machine. The universe just gives you whatever you want as long as you insert your positive thoughts you know, at its core, uh, manifesting is about setting intentions, but I think it often gets lost in translation because it's missing some substance is what I'll say. It's not about wishing for a new job or a better relationship or a healthier, like a healthier lifestyle. You have to actually get out there and take action. It's like baking a cake. You can visualize the delicious cake all day, but unless you gather all the ingredients, follow the recipe, put it in the oven, you're not going to manifest a cake. You're just going to be hungry. So when I'm speaking of manifestation, and that's what this episode is going to be about, because I want you to understand manifestation, if we simplify it, is actually just about making something real. Think about like, Doctors, for example, if a person has a viral infection, the doctor might say your initial symptoms manifested as a fever or fatigue or body aches. The doctor is observing what was made real outside of the patient. And listen, I love the actual concept of manifestation. I've been manifesting things ever since I was a little kid. I didn't know that's what I was doing back then, but I understand it now. And I understand that even as a kid, I knew I had to take action. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest lessons I've learned about manifestation. And it happened when I was nine. So buckle up <laughs> because this might be one of the funniest or strangest episodes I've ever recorded. I'm not actually sure which one. So let's dive into this. You're listening to the Limitless Life Podcast, helping you simplify mindset and energetics by giving you easy to use strategies that'll help you ditch the self-sabotage and move through resistance so you can create your limitless life and business. I'm your host, Brenna Johnston, and as a subconscious mindset strategist, I've learned over the years how to make the deep transformational work even easier and far more effective. So join me weekly for new episodes and get ready to step into your highest potential. Welcome back to the Limitless Life podcast or welcome if you're new here. I am your host, Brenda Johnston, and this is a place for you if you want to cut through the fluff when it comes to all things mindset, manifestation, and energy mastery so that you can actually harness the power of your subconscious mind to expand your capacity to be seen and build new levels of wealth. It's we can get our subconscious minds working for us. And it's something that changed my life. And it's why I'm so passionate about what I do. 
And before we dive into the number one lesson I've ever learned about manifestation as a nine-year-old, I just want to remind you that my Black Friday sale, the biggest one I've ever done, is still happening. It's my business success toolkit. It's a collection of three of my most powerful hypnosis collections. You're essentially getting nine hypnosis programs in total. And when you purchase this, you're also getting access to my exclusive bonus, which is my creative visualization for manifestation program, which you cannot buy on its own. And included in that, I've added in my orgasmic manifestation masterclass, which has been one of the most popular masterclasses I've done to date. And if you've never heard of orgasmic manifestation, no, it's not about having better orgasms. I mean, technically you could. It's actually about working with the sexual energy that we all have inside of us because it is a super powerful energy and it helps you create a connection to yourself. This collection is going to help you move through the resistance that has been holding you back. It's going to help shift your body and mind from a state of overwhelm and burnout to a place of like calm, grounded energy. So you can actually take action and feel good. So if you've been finding yourself constantly getting stuck in your head over thinking things, or you've been feeling suffocated by your own business, or you just feel like you're not being seen or heard because maybe you're afraid to be seen on a bigger scale. Maybe you've been holding yourself back. Maybe you feel suffocated in your corporate job. This collection is for you. One of the things that I love about the work that I do and about the inner work that I've done on myself and I continue to do because this is a constant process is sometimes I'll have these moments where I think back to a past moment like when I was a kid and I'll realize there was a massive lesson in something and I didn't see it or I didn't consciously become aware of it until now like as an adult and for me to explain this lesson I need to take you back in time <laughs> the year was 1984 and I was nine I was going to be turning 10 in October I lived with my parents in a small town it was called Tiverton there was probably about 800 people there. This was the time where life was so much more simple. We as kids would stay out until the streetlights came on. Our parents never knew where we were. We were like riding our bikes all over the place. In the tiny town I lived in, there was like a downtown. And I use that term loosely because it had a few main stores. There was Elliot's which was this general store that we would always go to to get candy. There was like a hardware store, a post office, and then at some point, Becker's came in and there, it was a huge controversy because it was like, oh my goodness, these big franchises are invading our small town. And then there was this other store that was kind of on the other corner. And I don't remember the name of it, but it was kind of like some sort of... Actually, I think I would classify that it as a, a general store. It had all sorts of household items and knickknacks and weird things. And we didn't go in there very much because 
It was one of these buildings, had these huge glass windows so you could look in and it had the scary old-fashioned mannequins. And I remember opening the door and you would open the door and it would make this horrible creaking sound and the little ding ding bell would go off and the floor was uneven and when you walk it in it had this like musty old people smell that's <laughs> the only way i can explain it it was a very old building it was just it just had this dense musty smell and the women who worked there were these older ladies and they fucking hated kids. So that was probably one of the reasons we never went in there because they just assumed we were like annoying kids and we were probably going to steal stuff or do whatever. But the store is very important. It plays a very important role in this, in this overall picture that I'm painting for you. But I'll get to that. Like I was saying, it was 1984. And these were the times when if you wanted a new toy or something or to find out what new toys were coming out we had to wait for the sears catalog or we had to see it on some kind of commercial now back in back in the olden days we only had three channels okay we didn't have cable the town i lived in didn't have cable until the year we moved away so seeing commercials on a Saturday morning was like so exciting because you could see all the new things that were coming out. And back in the 80s, I, as a kid, I was obsessed. I'm going to use that term because I, I actually feel like that was the word with technology. And again, this was 1984. So think about 1984 technology. Okay. I had games like Simple Simon, I had this mathematician tablet thing that you could press buttons and it would ask you math questions. I had this other wizard thing. It was red. It was like a phone, like a cell phone, but not because they, they didn't have cell phones back then. But I could like ask questions and it would give me answers. Merlin, Merlin something. Man, I'm going to have to Google it. I don't remember. Anyways, obsessed with technology. I had... A computer. It was my Commodore 64 and I had a cousin who pirated games so I also had like the floppy disk drive thing and he pirated games so I thought I was a shit because I had like man hundreds of games and it was funny because I remember sometimes the good games would take up to like five discs so it would be like insert disc two. I would spend hours writing these little go to and run programs. <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's basically you're writing these weird lines of code and you're saying, if line 15 equals hello, go to line seven and run. And so then my screen would fill up with like the word hello, or I'd make this weird little balloon. Anyways, I digress. The point here, I loved technology. And in 1984, there was a toy company called the Tommy Toy Company. And this toy company came out <laughs> with frickin' robots. And as a kid, I was like, holy flying fuckballs. This robot called the Omnibot 
not the Omnibot 2000. I specifically wanted the Omnibot with the round dome head. It was the Tommy Omnibot 5402. How do I remember that? Because I really fucking wanted this robot. Because this thing, this robot, was marketed as like some sort of pet or some sort of robot butler that you could have in your own home. And I was like, oh my, I need to have this robot. Every Saturday morning, I would be glued to the television waiting for a commercial about the Omnibot to come on because I just needed to know more about this. And we didn't have a toy store. So it's not like I could just go look at it. From just beyond your imagination comes Omnibot, a fully programmable robot with a memory. Omnibot, he walks, he talks. Hi, cutie. Amaze your friends. Wow, Intense. Refreshments, earth-type snacks. Impress your teacher. Impress your girlfriend. Omnibot, there's romance. Take my heart. He's the lean, mean, pop-and-breaking music machine. Yes, it's Omnibot, the fully programmable robot, available now in your neighborhood. You forgot me. So picture that commercial coming on and me with my eyes bugging out of my head because I was in love with this robot. He kind of looked like R2-D2. He was this little white thing. He had a clear dome head. His eyes lit up. He had a cassette player in him um, and these little hands that you could put like a can of pop in and he had rollers. So he would like roll. That's how he moved. Like he didn't actually walk. He rolled. Um, he had a clock, like a digital clock on him and speakers. So like you just heard, you could program him. And I was just like, holy shit, man, I really want this robot. So to bring you back to the creepy store that smelled like old people, I was riding my bike one day and I pass the store and out of the corner of my eye, I see something and it makes me stop my bike. Like I almost fell off my bike and they're looking at me through these dirty glass windows of the store was the fucking Omnibot. And I got off my bike and I stood in front of that store in my head. I feel like I was probably standing there for like half an hour. I don't remember, but then I noticed this sign and it says, you could win the Omnibot. And I was like, oh, holy shit. I'm going to win this Omnibot. Because remember, I was manifesting things as a kid. I would see something, I would take action, and I would have this thing become a reality in my life. So I went in the store. <laughs> And I asked how much the tickets were and the tickets were very expensive because these robots were not cheap. They were like, I want to say they're about, depending on the model you bought, they started at like $300 US. So they weren't, they weren't cheap. They weren't a cheap toy. So I went in and I remember asking the woman how much the tickets were and she kind of looked at me and I remember them being expensive. I think the tickets were something like $2 a piece, which to today's standard doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're a kid in the 80s and you don't have money, $2 was a lot. So I was like, oh, okay. So I rode my bike home. I got my little piggy bank out. I was counting all the change, 
rode back to the fucking store and bought a ticket. I remember buying at least like five tickets for this thing. I would go home. I would imagine having the Omnibot in the house. I would imagine it getting me pop out of the fridge, which by the way, it could not do. Like it just couldn't do that. And I would go visit the Omnibot. I brought my mom to see the Omnibot. She bought me a ticket to win the Omnibot. Like it was a, it was a thing. Like I really wanted this Omnibot. And the funny thing was the draw was in October. So I was going, that was my birthday month, right? And October comes around and they're doing the draw and they're going to post the name in the window because again, it's the freaking 80s. And the day is, the day has come. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to win my Omnibot. And I go right up to the store and I look at the name on the piece of paper in the window and it is not me. And I was just heartbroken. I didn't understand how somebody else could have won it. <laughs> like these were the thoughts going through my head. Remember, I'm a nine year old who's in love with like the idea of having a robot butler. And I remember thinking, well, maybe my parents will buy it for me for Christmas, which was just ridiculous. That was not going to happen. They were like, you don't need a robot. And so this is where the lesson comes in. I remember going home and my mom looking at me and saying, the robot wouldn't have worked here anyways. And I was like, what do you mean? We had shag carpet throughout the whole house. Yes, 80s, remember? A robot with wheels, there's no way the robot could have moved. So I had to won this robot and it would have sucked because I couldn't have used it. I couldn't have even played with it or like done anything with it. It would have been stuck on the carpet. So here's the lesson in this. Sometimes we get really excited at this time of year, especially about making new intentions for the new year because we're going to crush it. 2024 is going to be my bitch. I'm going to crush it. And that's great. It's good to be excited about things. But it's really important also to just kind of stop in this spaciousness and reflect back on the past year, especially when it comes to some of the things that didn't become a reality in your life. What actually manifested into your life and what didn't. You're going to reflect what is changed or manifested for you? What did you make real? What intentions didn't manifest for you? Are there patterns that are repeating? Did you really want what you were asking for? And were you ready for it? This is an especially big one when it comes to visibility. People are like, I'm setting the intention to be more visible. I want to go viral. And I've talked about this in past episodes cool. You want to go viral. Are you ready for what comes with that? And the next level of this is like, what energy are you creating? What energy are you putting out there around these intentions? Be really honest with yourself. Are you making excuses or making up stories about where you are versus actually seeing what's going on in your life? 
I watched this video the other day. I, it showed up on my feed. I, it was weird. It was in YouTube, actually. And it was this woman who's a self-proclaimed manifestation coach. And she was talking about how the last year of her life has been so horrible, but it's okay because she knows that she manifested all of these horrible things happening. And I was just like, almost like I was repelled first of all because her energy was so victim-y but you also have to remember you're not creating bad circumstances in your life that's not how this happens if you have a bad thought you're not like your husband's not going to leave you or your wife's not going to leave you your dog's not going to die like it, it just doesn't work like that and so be really honest are you being self-accountable for the things that are manifesting or not manifesting in your life? Or are you just making up these stories and playing the victim and limiting yourself because of your self-imposed beliefs about how everything's just going to shit because that's what you manifested? Because the next level of this is about your actual intentions. The moment you set an intention, you're actually creating or opening up an opportunity. You're opening to new possibilities. Energy follows intention. You have to become the person who takes responsibility for the intentions or the goals that you say that you want to achieve or manifest. So again, are you reflecting on the intentions that you've set to keep yourself accountable? Are you taking actions to make these things happen or help them along? Are you looking at it and going, you know what? I can, can only control me. I can't control the things outside of myself because listen, sometimes things are going to happen outside of us that prevent something from manifesting into our life. Like my fucking Omnibot. I didn't get the Omnibot because somebody else's name came out of the little draw box. Doesn't mean I wasn't taking action. And I had to reflect on why it was kind of a good thing that I didn't win the Omnibot. For the record, that Christmas, my parents did buy me a little tiny robot. It was a spot bot. It was a dog. Um, Cause I was a little kid. I didn't have actual pets because my parents didn't think I would be responsible enough to take care of them. And looking back, they were probably right. But anyways, I did get the spot bot. It was cute and it uh, made me happy. But I digress. When life throws shit at you, when you keep saying things like, oh, that must be a sign, that must be something, it means you're living from the outside in. To elaborate on what I mean by that, it's essentially that you are choosing to focus on what isn't happening, what isn't working, what's missing or what's wrong. And that, my friend, makes it pretty much impossible to consciously co-create because what's happening is you're literally focused on what you don't want. You're focused on the outcome you don't want versus on the outcome that you do want. Is your energy going into mindless shit? Are you focused on the things that are outside of your control? Listen, you're human. We all do it because we're all after that quick dopamine hit. But if you really want to access the power of your subconscious mind, then you need to stop dumping your energy into things that aren't serving you. And one of those things is focusing on the outcomes you don't want. 
versus the outcomes that you do want. So I want to I want to add to this. I want to add to this story. I want to add to the whole reflection piece and really set you up for success. And one of the ways you set yourself up for success obviously is through setting clear intentions. And if you're more analytical, like a lot of my corporate people, I know your brain might actually prefer the word goals instead of intentions. And I have somebody who actually doesn't like either of those words and her nervous system and her mind actually feels better when she hears the word desires. So whatever the word is, you need to be clear on what it is that you want to create. And I know that might sound obvious, but honestly, you'd be so surprised how many people try to make something real, AKA manifest with actually no idea about what they actually desire or they set intentions based on what they think is okay to want versus what they actually desire or they're focused on the outcome they don't want versus the outcome they do want. See how I keep bringing that up? Again, might might seem obvious, but as humans, we are hardwired to look for problems and run away from them versus running towards what we desire. I'm quite certain I've used this analogy before, but I'm going to use it again. Think of it this way. When you're ordering food at a restaurant, you you don't sit there and tell the waiter, I want food. You're specific about what you actually want to eat. And the same principle applies when you are setting intentions. If you want to attract in your ideal clients, get clear on the essence and attributes of the people you love working with so that when you're speaking to them, you're speaking to the right people. The next thing that is going to really set you up for success, and it might sound really corny, but just hear me out because I know you've heard this a million times, practice gratitude. It's a really, really powerful tool because when you're grateful for what you already have, you send a signal to your subconscious mind and the universe or God or whoever you believe in that's essentially saying that you're ready for more. It's like saying, hey man, I appreciate what I have. Thank you and I'm ready for more. So thank you in advance. Just every day, take like a couple minutes or a minute or 30 seconds. Just be grateful and appreciate the things in your life. It can be as simple as having a roof over your head or having food to eat. Because the more you focus on gratitude, the easier it becomes to open yourself up to new possibilities and potentials and the more abundance you can attract into your life. And so you've gotten clear on what your intentions are. You're practicing gratitude Now you have to take action. Manifestation, like I said, isn't about sitting on your couch waiting for the universe to fucking Amazon drop your shit on your front porch. Doesn't work like that. You have to take actions towards your intentions or goals or desires. I'm sure you've heard people say your subconscious mind is programmed to keep you safe and that's why resistance comes up and that's why you have limitations. Yes, your subconscious mind is essentially designed to keep you safe, but... Your subconscious mind is actually one of your greatest partners if you learn how to work with it versus against it. And this brings us back to the whole, are you going to focus on the outcome you don't want, your subconscious mind uh, just trying to keep you safe and preventing you from moving forward? Or are you going to focus on the outcome you do want, which is being able to work with your subconscious mind? Your subconscious mind speaks the language of visualization, okay? And it might sound a little woo visualization is a really powerful personal development tool 
And it's funny, an elite level athlete can talk about how they visualize things and nobody thinks that's weird. I'm not going to go super deep into how to visualize. There are tons of resources out there showing you how to do this. I've done podcast episodes about it. We talk about this in my expansion group coaching community. Here's what I will say. The more vivid your visualization, the better. You want to bring all of your senses into it. You want to see the colors, hear the sounds, feel the emotions, or imagine the emotions because some of us have lived outside of our bodies for so damn long that we have trouble feeling the feels. The more you can bring into your visualization, into your imagination, the better. Because it's going to help your subconscious mind understand what it is that you're trying to create. On that note, I hope you've enjoyed this kind of weird and random episode. If you have, I would love and appreciate if you would go leave me a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to this. If it's Spotify, just click those five stars and share this podcast. Share it with somebody you think might benefit from it because the more you help me get this podcast out there, the more we can grow the show and the more people we can help. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast or you're one of my Gen Xers and you understand the 80s or you had an Omnibot, I'm just kidding. No, actually, if you had an Omnibot, I want to hear from you. So tag me, take a screenshot of this episode, tag me on Instagram. It's at underscore Brenda Johnson. I always love hearing from people. It's always me responding to you. So, you know, just put it out there and let me know that this resonated with you or that you had an Omnibot. And uh, until next time, here's to creating your limitless life.